listening to the ACB Radio Mainstream. Disability Rights Florida, a legacy of protection and advocacy. It's been quite exciting up to now. I am. I'm here. Wait the 70s, you let me talk. The, uh, hello, FCB. Hello, ACB. And hello, everyone at ACB Radio. I hope that you all are enjoying our convention as there much was as abuse. we are. There was neglect this meeting for place. the next hour is going to be an really exciting one. Seclusion. This is something we look forward to every year. Inappropriate restraint. Annual legislative seminar. Poor facilities. Poor nutrition. You're going to hear it Pretty from egregious. a senator. So, Debbie, I'm going to let you go ahead and get started, and we're looking and that's forward how to hearing y'all. What is now Disability Rights Florida came about. Hello, everyone. In 1977, Congress and began to address years, these inhumane conditions by creating a national system of legally based disability rights um, agencies to assist with that effort. Disability and I got to tell you, it took me at least three years to chair this committee before I understood it, to knew its name. Education, I kept employment, and independence. And we also advocate at the legislature. And in our discussions with state agencies anyway, it is great for improvement in Florida's laws, for policies, and, and practices, I just want to say, first we continue to advocate for the elimination of abuse and neglect and because, unfortunately, though it has declined over the years, it still remains an issue and still occurs. We provide advocacy, legal representation, and negotiations, and investigation and facility monitoring. We had a client uh, recently who kind of a needed a wheelchair, I got past a power wheelchair, an electric wheelchair, don't get their and um, couldn't their get legislative seminar The individual was report. entitled to it, and Medicaid <laughs> so was, anyway, was obligated to provide it, and we, and we became involved, and represented that individual, uh, Simmons, and because here? of our expertise yes, and our knowledge of how Wonderful. Medicaid works, well, is which is something that the individual didn't have the knowledge. To introduce to you... Senator David Simmons, who is serving his last term in the Florida legislature. He's going to share with you some very exciting stuff that I'm going to let him tell you about instead of me. But we are so glad to have Senator Simmons. He serves Seminole County in Florida and parts of Volusia County. And I was so happy when he has a wonderful assistant whom I've been communicating with, Valerie Clark, and she's been a joy to work with too. And so we are just very excited. And without any further ado, we're going to turn the floor over first to our friend, our new friend, Senator David Simmons. Thank you very much, Debbie. And I'm uh, honored to uh, have an opportunity to talk uh, to each of you and uh, uh, to tell you a little bit about my background. Uh, I live in Altamont Springs, a uh, little bit north of Orlando in Seminole County, and District 9 in the Senate. And as you know, there are 40 senators in the state of Florida. And uh, uh, I uh, represent all of Seminole County as well as the southern and western portions of Volusia County. And I uh, grew up on a farm in Tennessee. I uh, uh, went to uh, Tennessee Technological University uh, in uh, uh, in Cookville, Tennessee, and then uh, after a couple of years being a physics major, uh, changed to math and graduated in mathematics and uh, wanted to go on to law school and, uh, and did go to Vanderbilt Law School and graduated from Vanderbilt and now am the uh, managing financial uh, partner of uh, one of the uh, largest law firms in, uh, in Central Florida in downtown Orlando. It's uh, always uh, an interesting 
event to to be in the uh, in the legislature. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is a uh, is a is a model, uh, a hero for me to watch and to have seen how he acted and how his integrity was the model for uh, for everything he did. And uh, that's tough to do sometimes in the in the legislature. Uh, I ran for the Florida House of Representatives and, and was elected in 2000. And I was in the House uh, from uh, uh, 2000 to 2008, uh, took a two-year hiatus, uh, ran uh, for the Florida Senate and was elected in 2010. And as Debbie has said, this is my last uh, uh, time in the in the Senate. And uh, and I am the uh, uh, president pro tem of the Senate. I was selected in 2018 uh, by President Bill Galvano of the Senate, Senator Galvano, uh, to uh, to team up with him to be his uh, president pro tem, and uh, and have had a wonderful opportunity as part of the leadership of the uh, of the Florida Senate. Uh, I was asked to, to talk to you about uh, about what it's like, uh, and uh, and for those who uh, want to to be a part of uh, making a difference, uh, coming to uh, to Tallahassee, and that is an important part of it because it is a part of what I call uh, persistence erodes resistance. Uh, the reason why is because having experienced this for the time that I have. I have seen that uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and that, uh, in fact, uh, people ask the question that, uh, that is being asked uh, and, and Debbie posited, uh, uh, you know, when she was talking to Valerie Clark, who is uh, one of my uh, legislative aides who does a phenomenal job. And what happens is, is that uh, uh, people ask because they they're standing for a particular issue that is important to them. And everyone has a, uh, an issue that they would like to have uh, that is uh, championed. And what happens is, is that they ask the question, how do I accomplish this? And the answer is you start early and stay often and uh, repeat what uh, your concern is. And someone says, well, I come up to Tallahassee and I visit and the answer is, well, that's only a part, uh, a part of, uh, it's like the tip of the, of an iceberg. Uh, it is, uh, it hopefully is the, uh, almost the consummation of the work that has been done to bring you to that point. And how is that? That is never be afraid or reticent to go see on a regular basis, uh, your representative or your senator. And I'm talking about multiple times. And I'm talking about uh, having a goal as to funding, for example, for, uh, for what you believe in. And, uh, and never be reluctant or reticent or timid about calling and saying, we'd like to come by your local office, your, uh, uh, your office in, uh, in, the, in the town that you live in, uh, not just in Tallahassee. And you come by and you have a plan, not just to say, hi, how are you doing? But, uh, you know, hone in on something that is, that is very important that you want to talk about to assure that these services uh, that uh, are essential are, uh, are actually followed through on 
and not forgotten so that your legislator, whether it's uh, one of the 120 members of the Florida House of Representatives or one of the 40 senators, is, is that they are aware of what you are uh, concerned about and they know you're there and that you care and that you are going to, uh, uh, to keep pushing for these issues. And then the next thing is, is don't ever get uh, uh, disillusioned. What you do is you go and you show up and you visit and you give someone a plan, your, your representative or your senator, both of them uh, ultimately or more. But by the time all of you together uh, are done, you need to make sure that you are talking about a person you have met, a person you know, a person who, with whom you talk, you're able to say, yes, I've met you. And uh, we've talked about the, uh, the concerns that uh, are important to you. And that means going to the, uh, uh, to the local district office. That means getting that meeting set up and bringing some of your colleagues with you. And then when you're there, you know, you meet once and then you give them a plan and then you meet again and you make sure that uh, if there's something in the budget that's important uh, to you, then you keep pushing that. And it, what happens in the spring in Tallahassee and this year, this coming year, uh, you know, after the election, the, uh, the legislature will not uh, begin its actual session until March. But what happens is that there are committee meetings and that's when the bills are filed and, and people are starting to make the, you know, uh, the, the groundwork for a budget. And that's when you have to work because when you get there in, in, uh, in Tallahassee and, uh, and we're in session, what happens is many times it's too late because you haven't laid the groundwork early on and gotten your point across and made sure that everyone who is, uh, uh, who is in uh, the committees, whether particularly the budget committees, if they're aware of what you're looking for and you've got someone to, uh, to file that budget request for you in the House and uh, somebody else in the Senate and that they stay on it and you stay on them because, look, a legislator, particularly a senator, they're only 24 uh, hours in a day and, uh, and uh, only so much time to do the things. And that means that they're, they're just pulled in a bunch of different uh, directions. And if you can't get through to the actual legislator, the senator or the House member, or and by the time you're done, multiple of them, what happens is, is you talk to their uh, legislative aides and you keep that relationship with the legislative aides so that they will remind a, uh, uh, a senator or a, or a House member uh, about, hey, you got to remember, this is something that you committed to do to help and that's now coming up and you've got to, uh, uh, to, uh, to make sure that that uh, position is pushed. And, and look, in a, in a situation in which there are uh, infinite needs and limited amounts of, uh, of money and time, what happens is uh, the importance of being able to stay at it. And so what happens is, as you go through this process, remember 
that it is one that begins. It is, it is a continual process. It is not one where uh, you go and present your issue and your, uh, your uh, thoughts one time in the spring. Uh, what Debbie is talking to you about is that's, that is um, possibly the more, you know, watching the, 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 the fireworks, uh, but, uh, but the, uh, of a, of a, uh, of a celebration, but it's, uh, it should be more of a, like taking a test, that you take the test, but you did all of the time preparing for it because you've laid the groundwork and it is continual. Legislators change, uh, uh, you know, the positions within the House and the Senate uh, as to each one of these things, budget committees change, committee meetings are going on. And since everyone is pulling at the legislator, everyone is pulling at the dollars uh, that are there, uh, it is incredibly important to stay on it and keep it intact. And it is a continuing process. It is not a process that uh, can be done just once or a one meeting type situation. So uh, it, it's harder to do the way I'm telling you, but people who are citizens who are not uh, ones who are the uh, the moneyed interest or whatever words you want to use, uh, every person, every one of you can be an activist for a cause and you will be amazed. You will be amazed. Our system is set up so that citizen legislators will be able to listen and literally are obligated to listen to those who are willing to take the time to see them, talk to them, and go over the issues that are important to the, uh, to the citizens. And so I am telling you what works. I can tell you as a person who, uh, who now, uh, you know, chairs the uh, Judiciary Committee and am um, the, uh, you know, thanks to, to President Galvano, am the, uh, uh, you know, the president pro tempore of the, of the Senate and have had the unique opportunity to hold that constitutional uh, role of, uh, of being at, uh, at the rostrum and, uh, and directing the traffic uh, of that uh, unbelievably honorable uh, uh, and honored position to, uh, uh, to stand there and uh, at, the, at the podium of the, at the rostrum of the Senate and, and see uh, democracy at work. And, uh, and I, I, I believe I've had the experience to be able to say, you can make a difference. You just need to work hard at it and continually do it. And so with that, I'm, uh, again, I'm honored to have the opportunity uh, to, uh, uh, to talk with you. And I can certainly be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Debbie, are you there? Rick. Go ahead, Debbie. You're there. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I was, and then I was. Okay, what I was saying was, I bet our first legislative committee chair, Mr. Carl McCoy, who was our first really important legislative guru person, is shouting and cheering and jumping up and down in his house. And you all have heard this before from us, but I can't remember a time when you've heard it more eloquently 
And so I just want to thank you again, Senator Simmons. And we want to um, allow you an opportunity to ask a question. Since time is brief, if you could get to the point so we can hear his answer to your question, that would be much appreciated. So do we have any hands up, Rick? Yes, we certainly do. Uh, we've got it. Mr. Jim Crott, I do believe. Yes, uh, that is correct. Uh, Senator Simmons, uh, I'm working very hard to get the state of division of elections to consider funding acquisition of a voting system software program that will enable uh, blind and visually impaired voters to vote uh, on a mail ballot. Uh, since time is very short and they've taken two years to certify this system, I'm asking that the state consider using funds made available by the CARES Act to purchase this equipment for the, st for the county supervisors. Is there any way we can get the appropriation of matching funds to be considered by the state legislature um, that will be a supplement to the budget so that this can happen or be considered for possibly happening on a statewide level? Well, Jim, thank you for your question. and. Uh... I would ask that uh, have you, uh, who is the person at the uh, uh, Department of State uh, with whom you've been uh, working? Maria Matthews and Linda Hastings. Okay. Uh, would you uh, please contact my office after this? I will uh, do that. Call, call Valerie. We'll see what we can do. And then uh, the question will be as to who has the authority to do this under these unusual circumstances that we're under right now, because uh, I don't believe that we will have a special session until after uh, July the 1st, uh, if we're going to have one. Uh, the reason why is we simply don't know the, uh, the, uh, what's going on as to the impact of the coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, on uh, our budget yet. And uh, the, uh, the Economics and Demographic Research uh, uh, Office has, uh, has stated that uh, that uh, they will probably not be able to have enough information uh, to be uh, making a, a prediction as to what our uh, our budget's going to be like next year uh, in uh, until sometime in mid to late June. And the budget, of course, goes into effect on July the first. And so we would uh, we're going to see what the governor's going to do. He's been very busy, but one thing is sure, and that is that it, uh, if you'll contact Valerie, talk with her. So that uh, I will, I, I will do that. I will get her all the information she needs, and I'll be in touch with her. Thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome. Any other questions? Any yes. other questions? Four five nine four. Phone number four five nine four. Your mic is open. Rick, let's move on. Yeah, that's all we have for questions here, Debbie. Okay, if 4594 raises her hand again and can get a mic, we will do our utmost to, to answer that question. Um, I, I, we know Senator Galvano down here where I live. And so um, this, is, this is really wonderful and we are so grateful to you. I guess one of the things I would ask you since nobody's got their hand up right now is how, how can one determine when, when an issue is coming forward and you're trying to develop policy on it as an organization or as a person to see where it needs to go. What are some key things to decide whether an issue is right for, 
for legislation, just for publicity? I mean, how, how do you decide when the legislative avenue is the appropriate one to start walking down? Well, if there's something that uh, needs help in a community or within a group, uh, such as uh, those who have uh, impaired vision or any other uh, areas, if some if there is a need that needs to be done, then of course have a group such as uh, uh, your council uh, to uh, uh, to push it and say, here's what we believe because we're the people who are. Uh, you know, are living this and something needs to be done. And it may be legislation. It may be a budget change. It may be uh, something that uh, uh, that as you go through it and you're talking to your, uh, you know, your leaders in the, uh, in the, whether you call it lobbying or governmental uh, affairs, that what happens is, is that you are uh, able to sit down and propose something. And, and that's, what's, uh, that's what's important. And, and look, there are a lot of bad bills that are filed in, uh, in Tallahassee. You know, out of the 2,000-something, uh, we passed 100 and um, probably 120 to 150, I think. I, it's a very small amount. And, and that's probably good. And uh, for services such as yours, it's important that uh, you, uh, you're there working on whatever is a wrong that needs to be righted. Believe it or not, our system does work. It really does. And I, I, I strongly recommend that you, uh, you sit down as to any particular issue. And if there's something needs to be corrected, talk to your legislators and, uh, and, and don't, don't give up. And don't let Thank up. You. We are not going to give up and we are not going to let up. This is just wonderful. And we, we will continue on our path and hopefully bring more people along with us. And you have been probably the most dynamic legislator we have ever had at our legislative seminar. And you have been heard from people all over the country and throughout the world. And so Senator Simmons, thank you from us to you. And um, I'll make sure Jim gets Valerie's information so that he can reach out to her. And thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Thank you, it's an honor and, uh, and have a great uh, rest of your convention. We will. And God bless you and best of luck in your career as you move on. All right. God bless you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Ms. Claire Stanley, are you here? Claire. Okay. There she I'm is. Gonna, is she here. here? Yep. Okay. Claire, can, we hear, can you speak so we can hear you? Say something. Claire, just unmute your mic, please. Am there I unmuted now? Yep. You are. Awesome. Um, we, are, we are now going to turn the microphone over to our um, our very special person, advocacy and outreach specialist for the American Council of the Blind. If we had had a live convention, Claire would have been our, our national guest. And so we have her for all these programs and we feel so blessed. And so Claire, we're gonna open the mic to you and let you speak to us about your own experiences and observation in moving around the legislative process, getting on the radar screen and anything else within the next few minutes that you would like to share with us. So have at it. Great, well, thank you. And it's great to be here with all, all of you. I wish I could actually be in Florida, but this is the next best thing. 
Um, so like Debbie said, I was asked to talk about kind of my own observations and experiences and working with the legislature. So I kind of made a list and I'm just going to go through them, but I hope you have some time for questions. Um, excitingly, a lot of what Senator Simmons just said are some of the same things that I wanted to go over. So um, I think that's exciting that you know, the things we're doing in the national office or what they're doing, you know, in the in the state legis legislature. So sounds like we're on the right track. Um, so I just kind of wanted to jump in. I think the biggest and most important thing when it comes time to trying to advocate for the rights of blind and visually impaired people at both the state level or the federal level or even at the local level is relationships. Um, it's a word I use a lot because the more you get to know people, the more relationships you build, um, the better interactions that you can have with people, either again at the federal level or the state level. Um, I've started to quote unquote see familiar faces as I've had more and more meetings on the Hill and it really makes a difference. I've had people say, oh, I remember you. We spoke last month or last year. And I think those relationships can really make all the difference. So I definitely encourage people, you know, don't be afraid to to schedule a second or a third meeting or follow up with an email or those kinds of things. Because uh, those relationships do in the long run have a, a great, great role in advocating for our rights. Um, Sen uh, Senator Simmons talked about this a little bit, but be specific about what you're asking for. You know, it's really easy for us as people who are blind, we see all kinds of different injustices and we're advocating for so many things that sometimes we just kind of want to go into an office and say, fix it because <laughs> there's so many things going on and I get that. But in order to be more effective, we need to really know what our ask is. Go in there and say, you know, we need X fixed. And in order to get there, we need A, B, and C. We need to be really specific because these offices are really busy. They're doing all kinds of things and they don't necessarily know our world. They don't know the blind world. So in order to be effective and really make, um, some helpful comments. We need to go in there with our pitch, with our ask and say, this needs to be done. Um, I know many of you come to um, our Hill visit and our leadership conference in DC each uh, uh, February. And one of the things we always have are our imperatives and we have specific asks for our imperatives. So be specific. Um, to go along with that, have literature or handouts. Um, again, these people are talking to so many constituents all the time. So it's easy for them to get overwhelmed with lots of lots of asks and what have you. So be able to email it to them or have literature and offer it over and over again. I have meetings and I'll say, I know you met with me last month. Do you want me to email it to you again? Um, just so they have it at their fingertips and they don't forget. Know what committees your representatives or senators are on. It's really helpful. You know, we can go to our representatives and say, hey, we're having a transportation need but maybe your rep or senator is not on a transportation committee. Don't get me wrong, still so important to tell them what our issues are, tell them that's important. But if you know that your senator or rep is on a specific committee and the issue falls under that, we, even, we have even more leverage to say, hey, I know that you're on this committee, let's get something done. Um, along with that, do your homework, know what the history of your representative is or your senator, know what they've been involved with, what bills they've promoted in the past, what committees they've been on. First of all, it makes us look good. <clears throat> it shows that we're not just going in, you know, blind, quote unquote, that we actually done our homework and that, you know, we've taken that extra time to really see what they've done and that we can be more effective. We can say, hey, last year you 
um, supported X, Y, or Z bill. And we think that this really falls into the same category. Let's talk about it. Um, drafting language ahead of time. This is only specifically if we want to create a new bill. It's really easy. And I know Clark and I see this a lot. We go into offices and we say, hey, we think it's really important that we have a piece of legislation on X new topic that would really impact our community in a positive light. But unfortunately, these offices are really busy. They're getting, you know, pitches all the time. So if we say we need a new bill, they ask us all the time, well, have you drafted any language yet? Can we see it? And if we don't, then they say, you know, come back when you have something. You know, their legislative council can only do so much. So if you have the ability, if you have the resources or the connections, you know, go in with something ahead of time. It shows that you've done your homework and that you, we have a product to show them and it's going to go further. Um, my other big one, I talked about relationships at the beginning um, to go along with that. Follow up. Always, always, always follow up. Again, they're seeing people every day, all the time. It can be so easy to just kind of go off into the yonder and never talk to them again. Follow up. Send an email. Send a card. Give them a call. Just let them know, you know, thank you so much for meeting with us. Here's the literature again. Um, maybe we can talk again in a month and see where things have gone, you know, building those relationships, um, making sure that you follow up with them to keep that relationship going. Um, when you talk with people in real life, if you're, um, you know, go to a Hill meeting, definitely consider the political party of the person. You know, I hate to play politics, but you know, if you're asking for funding, for instance, knowing the political party of the Congress member can help to kind of gear your language toward what's going to speak to them more. We definitely want to, you know, catch their ear. And so if you can speak the language they want to hear, that's really important. Be confident in your demeanor. Again, go in there. Be, be excited. Be confident. Don't go in and say, um, hi, I'm your constituent. I've never done this before. I know it can be really intimidating the first time and it takes practice and that's okay. But be confident with your ask. You know, give a good handshake. Say, you know, we're dealing with X voting issue in the state of Florida and we need to make sure that absentee ballots are accessible. Let's talk about it. I have a plan, you know, be confident, go through what we've talked about before. Um, and again, it takes practice, but I think it makes all the difference. Unfortunately, a lot of us know that people aren't always comfortable interacting with people who are blind or have any type of disability. So I think if we go in confident, I think that helps to break the ice uh, itself too, just from the beginning. So people aren't kind of doing that awkward dance. So they're blind. I don't know what to say. So I've learned that if you go in confident, that helps as well. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that I've noticed as I've done this job more and more that are really important to think about and um, portray as you go into these offices. Anybody have any questions? Any hands up, Rick? Rick? Okay, I'm here. Any hands <laughs> up? Uh, no, not at the moment, but if you want to ask a question, raise your hand. It's Alt-Y on the keyboard. Um, on the computer keyboard, if you dialed in on a telephone, it's star nine. And if you're on an iPhone app, it's the raise hand button in the middle of the screen on the iPhone, iPhone app. But no questions at the moment. Okay. Debbie. Well, I guess I want to mention something and then get a couple comments from Claire. And then we're going to move on to some of our team members. Remember, I always say, to whom are you going to be a face, a voice, a personality? of a person who is blind to someone in your local legislature or your representative on Congress. It may not be right, but if somebody knows somebody or they like you, 
they have a voice and a face and a name and memories, it really works. And even if you can't get to D.C. or Tallahassee, if you can make it to a local meeting, that's where the friendships really begin. And mm -hmm. I also want to say that friendships with legislative assistants are the best thing in the world. Because sometimes, as Senator Simmons said, your congressperson, your senator, your legislator, your representative may not have the time to see you, but you get in good with a, with a person and you tell them, here's this document and let's talk about it. And can you mark this up to show it to the boss? And it is amazing what you can accomplish. So having said all that, do we have any hands up yet? We do not, Debbie. Okay, then what we are going to, I'm going to assume, guys, these talks. Rick, I had my hand up. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Oh, go right go ahead. Dan. Go well, ahead. Thank you. And Claire, just a question for you. This is Dan Spoon. Thank you so much for your presentation today, you and Debbie. And gosh, Senator Simmons was fantastic. Uh, my question, we've talked a lot about legislators and, you know, congressmen and, and, and at both the state and the national level. But what I've learned, it seems like more and more influence takes place at the agency level. Mm -hmm. Claire, could you talk a little bit about, you know, how you perform at the agency level and all this notice of public rulemaking and the different things that happen at that level and the influence we can have? Definitely. Um, so the way that the federal government is formed um, we have, you know, do a quick little civic lesson. We have the legislature, the executive, and the judicial. So we just talked about the legislative. That's, you know, the people in power at the local, state, and federal level making the laws. And then we have the judicial, of course, who are, you know, taking all the, the court cases and what have you. But then we have the executive branch. And the executive branch oversees all these different agencies. We've got, you know, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration under DOT and the Department of Justice looking at all kinds of different um, policies. So we've got all these agencies, there's countless uh, agencies. And one of the things they have the authority to do is to promulgate regulations. And these regulations are huge because the legislature is making the laws, they're writing the laws, but then we need actual regulations that go more into the weeds and talk about how we're going to implement those laws. And so these federal agencies have the authority to help write these regulations, but in order to do it, uh, us as Americans, right, we, we have a say. It's a country where Americans have the right to put their voice out there and get involved. We can go to those agencies and say, hey, we have an opinion. This is what it should say or it shouldn't say this. Um, like Dan talked about, one way you can do that is through a notice of proposed rulemaking or an NPRM. And that's one part where if you are drafting a regulation, they put it out on the federal registry online and any Joe Schmo at all can go out there and say, hey, I agree, I disagree, I'm answering your questions. So our interaction with the federal agencies is huge because it's yet another way for us to get our voice out there and say how things should or shouldn't look. So yeah, we constantly talk about going to the legislature, which is huge, but I think that's a great point, Dan, to talk about knowing the federal agencies that deal with our issues. Because um, for instance, the ADA was passed in 1990 and is huge huge in a landmark decision or landmark piece of law, but we needed all the regulations that we all know now that fall under the ADA. Um, 
So for instance, we want regulations on websites and we all know, unfortunately, we don't have those. So reaching out to Department of Justice and shaking trees and saying, we want website regulations uh, is another way of advocating for things that the blind community might need. We also have a question from Doug Hall. Good afternoon. Um, I tried to to put my hand up earlier when Senator Simmons was speaking. So let me mention real quickly here. First of all, I wanted to thank the senator and the legislature last year for voting to enable all people to use the accessible equipment we have in Florida. That is wonderful. But to add to that, with this this current um, COVID nineteen crisis that we have, um, I encourage both um, our, our representatives in Tallahassee as well as our national ones um, to definitely support the idea of mail-in ballots for voting because frankly, right now it's too scary to go to the polls to vote. So we really need to push the idea of enabling people to vote independently and safely. Any other questions, Rick? If there's anybody on the panelist side with a question, just uh, go ahead and speak up, please, because I'm not seeing hand I, raised. I, I have a question, Jim Crott. Go ahead, Jim. Um, could you tell us um, the the work that we do when we go up for the lobbying session in Washington is driven by legislative imperatives, where which are at the heart of our discussion with. Uh, congressional uh, aides and senatorial aides. Can you tell us how it is that you and Clark develop uh, those legislative imperatives which, which facilitate our conversation each year? Of course, that's a great question. Um, I would describe it as both an art and a science at the same time. Um, we really try to put our feelers out and see what is going on at the national level that impacts the blind and visually impaired community that can be addressed through the legislature. Um, Because for instance, we know there are all kinds of issues um, that we'd want to deal with, but can't necessarily be dealt with in the, in Congress. And since it's a legislative imperative, it has to be dealt with via Congress. And then again, we want to hit upon topics that really impact everybody at a national level. So we all know there are lots of issues going on at the state level, but because this is ACB national, we have to find things that um, fit um, at the national level. So that's kind of the art and science behind it. You know, can Congress realistically, hopefully, um, address the issue and does it impact all of us at a national level? Well, we also love to hear from you guys because, again, we want it to impact everybody. So if it's a state-specific issue, we hope you guys deal with that at a state level. But you guys still have the boots on the ground. So if you ever have issues you think we haven't been addressing, please let Clark or myself know because we do appreciate input as well. I just want to Thank say, you. too, I just want to say too that the national <clears throat> office is extremely helpful. They can give you resources. They can point you to where you can find resources. They're wonderful at giving advice. Um, I did um, I did a, a piece. I, I responded to the NPRM regarding air travel for people with service animals. And when I got on the website, I could not figure out how in the world to submit that thing. And I'd spent a lot of time writing it. So I called Claire and I said, help, what do I do? And she she put me in touch with Kelly, who if any of you are on the, the lists, you know our dear friend Kelly, Kelly Gass. And she um, she said, send it to me. 
I will submit it for you. So although they won't do everything for you, they will help you, they will guide you, they will give you advice. And that was a lesson I learned way back when, when I first joined um, my, my home affiliate, which was then the American Council of Blind of Maryland. I just picked up the phone and called and said, we need to do this and I don't know very much. And I, I mean, I had so much help and, you know, it was just wonderful. I think what we are going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is allow some of our members of the team to speak um, briefly, giving any observations, experiences, whatever they want to say about their trip to the hill, about any experiences they've had, you know, working behind the scenes. And I want to start with a couple of people um, who have not really done this before. So, um, Anthony, if you're here and can unmute, could you talk to us for a minute? Anthony. Anthony muted. There you go, there Anthony. You go. go ahead. Go for it, kiddo. Hey, well, first off, thank you, Debbie and Sheila, for adding me to the team. I had recently moved to Florida, so thank you for that. Um, I, I was on a team with Gabriel, Mikey, and Kathy, and it was an amazing learning experience. Um, I'd done some stuff in New York surrounding pride and LGBT stuff, but seeing it at a national level was amazing. Um, definitely the persistence thing and, um, you know, putting your – putting your face in front of them, I think is, is most imperative. And one thing I'll say to myself, to everybody that I do for myself is if I'm going to talk about something or if I'm going to post something, I don't do it unless I'm prepared to write an email or make a phone call or show up in someone's face. And I like to put that, you know, I like to make everybody aware that that's a policy that if we all adopt that, then, you know, we got a much louder voice. So thank you for allowing me to uh, to be part of the team this year. And thank you for letting me speak. You're welcome. Ms. Salemi, are you still with us? Would you like to say a few words? Go ahead and unmute yourself, Kathy. Okay. Well, Kathy's trying to get unmuted because time is, are you unmuted now? Guess not. Kathy, Kathy was Kathy, off. Are, <laughs> yeah, she, Hello? Um, are you unmuted here, now? Here, here she is. Oh, okay. thank you, Rick. I could, <laughs> I could not get it to unmute. Sorry about that. Um, it was the second year that um, I was privileged to, to go on the Hill. I have greatly enjoyed both times. Um, I guess I just wanted to say that I feel most, um, most helpful with being able to do that because when you're meeting with the legislators, I think that you're putting a face, a life story, um, hopefully being very memorable in a positive way because so many are vying for their, for their attention. So basically I think we're putting, um, some impact and, um, you know, passion behind, you know, just the words of a, of a bill. So I, I do appreciate the opportunity and really enjoyed working with all the members and thank you. Mr. Crot, as a long time person on the Hill. Is there anything you'd like to say? Any observations you'd like to make? Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Um, yes. Um, I, I guess I would say a couple of things very briefly. Um, passion can't be uh, overstated. Uh, one of the most important parts of our being on the Hill is we can bring passion to the subjects that we talk about. We can thank uh, our hosts with the American Council of the Blind for putting uh, imperatives together that we can actually talk about from a personal level and be passionate about. The other thing I want to mention is I'm sure you all noticed how I sort of seized a moment. Uh, I've been working tirelessly on this election and vote by mail 
problem uh, for the last several years, for the last many years, actually. Um, and I seized an opportunity to squeeze in uh, to ask a very important senator a very important question about where we might go. But it was an interesting way to get my foot in his door that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do until this afternoon. So you have to be focused, you have to be prepared to listen, and you have to be prepared to grab a hold and squeeze in whenever and however you can. Uh, and, and I just wanted to point that out to all of you because it was an incredible opportunity that I found that I was able to avail myself of, and I'm really grateful. And I think it gives us all hope of a place to go, uh, an additional place to go um, in conjunction with the things we've been doing here to facilitate um, a vote by mail. The last sort of tough thing I want to mention is Florida has a senator that I've been asked, tasked uh, with several others on my team to see the last several years. And this senator uh, office will not give us even an appointment to see, to see him. And I want to say that, that sometimes our work on the Hill is frustrating, but that's the only frustration in my tenure of a, a number of years of being on the Hill that I've had of not being able to get to a congressman or senator's office. So overall, it's an incredible opportunity and a wonderful experience. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. And that senator, I can tell you, I have emailed, called. I mean, it is, you know, so it is. It, and as you, if you look at, if you read about in the forum or hear what we have to say about the legislative imperatives, sometimes they're the same ones. Just because something becomes an ACB legislative imperative doesn't mean that on one trip on the Hill that it's suddenly solved, it's turned into legislation, to law, and, and its regulations are written and it's humming along. That that doesn't happen. And so we have to keep keep on keeping on. And that is that is so, so true. And you know, we have a right to vote. So when the elections come, I think we need to make clear to our people about this senator who refuses to see us or even uh, even I even offered a phone meeting but anyway we will just keep keep on keeping on um Dan um Dan and Leslie visited our senators this year on Capitol Hill um and uh, we have we have a rather large delegation in Florida and so it it's kind of a science to get everybody seen. So Dan, I'd like to find out what you thought what and, and um, any observations you'd like to make from that side. Okay, thank you, Debbie. Uh, first of all, I, I just wanna say thank you very much. It, when, when Senator Simmons talked about planning and doing your homework, the Florida Council of the Blind does it better than no one else. And a lot of that <laughs> is due to the work of Debbie Grubb. I mean, we have 27 representatives and two senators, and it is not easy to make appointments with these representatives anymore. It's getting harder and harder as more and more people want to get in front of them to, to express their issues. And it's work that takes multiple weeks. And Debbie was able to pull all 20 visits, scheduled visits with 27 representatives and one of our two senators. And uh, Leslie and I got the opportunity to at least go visit the office of Rick Scott, who did not have a meeting, but we at least left our cards and our brochures, 
had a nice meeting with Senator Rubio's office. But I think what Jim impressed on us earlier is what I'm learning more and more. You have to seize the opportunity. So I've been very impressed with what we've been able to do at the American Council of the Blind. There are not a lot of good things that's happened because of the COVID-19 virus, but one is attention to voting and accessible voting. And so what we've seen is that state legislatures all around the, the country are trying to figure out how to answer this problem for the November election. So just in the last two or three months, I think we've seen now between 10 and 20 different states that have uh, changed their laws and their rules around accessible paper balloting to allow uh, that capability. And Florida is getting very close, as Jim said, to, to making that happen here in Florida. And so seize the opportunity when it presents itself is always a very, very important thing I'm learning with all legislative advocacy. There's, you, you can labor along for years and then all of a sudden something happens and your issue moves to the forefront. And that's what do they used to say? Seize while the iron is hot. You kind of have to do that. Is that right, Debbie? When it comes to like strike, strike while the iron is hot. That strike is correct. While the iron is hot. That's right. Yes. So Hi, Debbie, this I, is Leslie. Debbie. This oh, is Leslie, I apologize. That's Hello, okay. dear. Would you Hello. like to say something? I I would just like to say that it, this was a wonderful experience. Dan and I have been doing this probably for about ten years now. It's been you know we started in the Cannon buildings, going to the Cannon and meeting the, the legislators and their aides and everything and getting to know them. And like what Claire and everybody else says, you relationships, relationships, and relationships. So I, we have made many relationships throughout the years, and it was an honor to go over to the Senate side this year and, and do that side. So thank you. And I just you know want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to you for all your hard work that you do every year for us. Well, it's my pleasure. All right. We have someone who has went with us for the second year in a row, just like Ms. Salemi. And Nick McNeil, if you're here, I'd like for you to say a couple of words also. I am. Thank you. I'd just like to uh, express my gratitude as it's, uh, it's wonderful to be a part of this process and the ability to influence change and uh, also networking as, as expressed previously. Um, networking with Florida representatives and their uh, their um, their aides uh, is is something that is quite inspiring and uh, as stated uh, to to um, to have that continual network and recognition year after year it's my second year of as you said and this this year has, proven just that. Um, some of our appointments uh, were recognized and which which was uh, pretty pretty amazing to to experience. Um, uh, another part of that is uh, I'll just say the word puppies. Um, we, <laughs> we visited <laughs> our group would We'll, uh, we'll know what that means, but we visited in, in a uh, senator's office, excuse me, a representative's office, and uh, they had some amazing puppies that got along with our, our um, group's service dogs. So uh, I think, you know, that sort of relaxed 
um, attitude and um, willingness to engage is is great. And um, I look forward to proceeding and, and progressing with uh, further initiatives and, and imperatives. So I, I thank you and I thank everybody for being a part. And uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Gabriel, you've got two seconds because then I want to call on our president, Ms. Young, to kind of be the last speaker. Is there anything you'd like to share with us? Of course, Debbie. You know, uh, am, I, am I out? Am I... You're out. You're you out. Okay, okay, perfect. Okay, you know me, I will not miss this opportunity to bore everyone who has heard me before with my spiel, but I cannot pass on the opportunity of being broadcasted on ACB radio to tell everyone that I am in a unique position because I am a proud and naturalized citizen of the United States of America. And this is an opportunity that we should not take for granted to be able to sit with our lawmakers or their aides and talk about our issues and concerns and what we want them to work on for us. It's an opportunity that we should value and treasure and um, definitely take advantage of through the American Council of the Blind and uh, Florida Council of the Blind. And just really quickly, relationships like Claire and Senator Simmons said, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing how people recognize us. Well, in my case, mainly they recognize Posh, my guide dog, and by extension, me. But those relationships year after year definitely build up, and they are uh, the key to getting our imperatives in the face and in the agendas of our lawmakers. So thank you, Debbie. Thank you, FCB, and thank you, ACB, for allowing us to with this together. Thank you, Gabriel. Mr. Wiseman, are you here? All right. Yes, Ms. Young. How are you? Oh, there you go. There you go. Brevity, but passion. Get going. <laughs> um, you know, under your leadership, Debbie, it, it's, it would be impossible to be as successful as we are in the state of Florida. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to those members throughout the country and throughout the state who are listening with curious ears about the opportunity to visit um, with their representatives in Washington, D.C. And I, I just want to remind folks that FCB and, by, and ACB are consumer advocacy organizations, and getting up there and having our voices heard is part of that advocacy. It is a great way to be included in what we do. It is a great way to be mentored um, by strong individuals throughout the country. And I would encourage folks to take advantage of the opportunity to learn. Don't be afraid if it's your first time. Don't be nervous. Everybody had a first time. It, 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 is, a, it is a good environment to learn, to be mentored. Um, and I would encourage folks to participate. That's all I got for you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Young, are you unmuted? Am I good? You're good. Go for it. <laughs> um, I, I will just ditto what everybody has said. It's an honor to have so many people go. Florida is the biggest um, showing in DC and everybody goes having to put money out of their pocket. And thank you, FCB. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much, Senator Simmons. That was exciting. <laughs> well, thank you. Everybody, I think, I think you get it. It's teamwork. It's remembering the greater good. And I guess what I'd like to say is if you say, I don't have the money to go to a legislative seminar, or I can't even get to my state capitol, you can pick up a phone. You can talk to somebody. 
And if possible, go go meet with them. These these people, both on a state level and the and the federal level, have home offices. Go and make a difference. I'm going to tell you when I walk into an office of my local legislator, and I have my dog, and I'm smiling, and I'm talking to everybody. It makes a difference. And you know what I think? We are disadvantaged in some ways because of our disability. So if I get noticed because I talk a lot and I have a guide dog, I don't care. The point is to get somebody's attention and to say some words. And what I'm going to say is many times the people that you see in home offices, whether it's the, the person themselves or their aide, they will be moving on up. Senator Simmons started in his local um as, as, a, as a representative, and I'm sure his political aspirations started even before that. So the important thing is do what you can do where you are, because the point is all of us can do something. And I'm going to end this thing by saying something that we have to remember. I just read it in a book. If everybody doesn't count, nobody counts. And that's what we have to remember. And that's what we in FCB and ACB are about, to make sure that all of us count and all of us can play a part in helping to ensure that we count as individuals and that our friends and neighbors and colleagues count too. So bless you all and let's march forward in the cause. Thank you. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream. This is the Florida Council of the Blind Convention and Ms. Katie Lear. You there, Katie? Uh-huh, I caught her. Am I here? There you go. Okay. Um, I just want to say that was an absolutely fabulous presentation. I learned a lot. I learned that we all have to work together for the greater good. We all have to be strong, and we have to work on making a difference. So now we're going to move on, and we're going to listen to more exhibitors and sponsors. At 3 o'clock, there will be the presentation of the audio museum descriptions. At four to five, there would be more exhibits and sponsors information for us to listen to. And at 5 p.m. will be the FCB awards ceremony that we all are looking forward to because all the people that have worked hard for us during the past year are going to be receiving some recognition. All right, Mr. Rick, go ahead and put us on some exhibitors, sir. You got it. <laughs> 